Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm Dave Sulecki. I'm Dale Spangler. And this week's guest is Moto America Supersport competitor, Luke Power. Moto America is the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. Moto America, home of AMA Superbike and North America's premier motorcycle road race series, features 10 rounds and 20 races of the best motorcycle road racing on two wheels. That's seven classes of motorcycle road racing, including Superbike, Supersport, Junior Cup, Stock 1000, Twins Cup, and the ever-popular King of the Baggers and Roland Sands Super Hooligans. Moto America has reinvigorated motorcycle road racing in North America, with one of its primary goals to help send its riders to the top-level international championships. Moto America is not only proud to be stewards of the sport's rich heritage, but also to be a catalyst and guiding force for its future. Don't miss a minute of the action with Moto America Live Plus video on demand streaming. Tickets, info, and a complete schedule can be found at MotoAmerica.com. Follow Moto America on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. This week's race recap is Moto America Round 6 from the Ridge Motorsports Park in Washington. And it's exciting to see this uh, Superbike class turn out the way it is after kind of a slow start. Jake Gagne. It's really coming into his own again. The defending champ does the double, closes up the points battle between himself and Danilo Petrucci, who had kind of a kind of a rough weekend in some ways, but uh, you got to get handed to him going 3-2, was still able to hang in there and had some epic battles with actually Cam Peterson, who's Jake's teammate. So uh, keep an eye on this series as we go to the next round. It just continues to impress. Defending Moto America Superbike champ Jake Gagne, broke the lap record while qualifying on pole position, then goes on to take two race wins over Danilo Petrucci and Yamaha teammate Cam Peterson. Matthew Skoltz had a lonely race one and race two with two fourth-place finishes. What was really kind of stood out to me was the BMW riders continued to improve and get results with Hector Barbara scoring two fifth-place finishes and fellow BMW riders Ashton Yates, Corey Alexander, and PJ Jacobson all grabbing top 10 finishes on the weekend. With five rounds in and 10 races in the books, Gagne has narrowed the gap to within 11 points of championship leader Danilo Petrucci, and it's going to be an interesting second half of the season. In supersport racing, I just continue to be impressed by Josh Heron, who just has a commanding lead, who did the double, wins both Saturday and Sunday, over uh, really a charging Tyler Scott and, and Rocco Landers. These guys are definitely no chumps, but Heron just seems to have their number whenever the, the chips are down, and I really think him and that Ducati have got things sorted out. This series, we're going to keep a close eye on it, but uh, it really looks like the Josh Heron show. In Twins Cup action, Anthony Mazziotti does the double and leaps from second in points 
on the season behind Jody Perry to uh, close in the gap. Barry had an off weekend with four DNF results. Look for him to come back in the, the next round at Laguna Seca. Aprilia continues to dominate this series, and the title chase seems to be coming down to an Aprilia-Yamaha battle for the championship. In Junior Cup racing, we had history made in Moto America. Kayla Yakov was the first female to win a Moto America event, going P3 and P1 on the weekend, and really dicing it up with these guys and uh, kind of picked up her pace in the points. She's still sitting in fourth. You know, going to keep an eye on her. We really like watching her race. But Gus Rodeo, uh, he leads the series 123 points over Cody Wyman and Joe Lamandry, who are uh, tied in second. So uh, keep an eye on this series. Junior Cup is the up-and-coming racers, and it was great to see Kayla win one. In this week's industry spotlight, according to the Motorcycle Industry Council, as a result of the passage of the Great American Outdoors Act, the U.S. Department of Agriculture will invest $503 million into outdoor recreation in the United States. Money will be spent on recreation sites and conservation projects that will deliver much needed maintenance, improved infrastructure, and increased user access while providing added support to rural economies. According to the U.S. Forest Service Chief Randy Moore, the Great American Outdoors Act has already had a tremendous impact on outdoor recreation by enhancing visitor access, improving infrastructure, and increasing land conservation efforts to meet the needs of current and future generations of outdoor recreational enthusiasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'd like to welcome to Pit Pass Moto today, Luke Power, super fast Moto America super sport racer. He is number 68 on the 3D Motorsport Suzuki GSXR 750. Luke, welcome to Pit Pass Moto, man. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, man. We're uh, pretty excited for your season so far. I know you had kind of a rough one this last weekend in race one at, uh, at the Ridge, which I know for you is a new venue. Talk about uh, how your season's been going so far. Coming into this season, I had no real expectations because I'd never raced these people, never raced at these tracks. If you told me at the start of the season that um, I'd already have a podium after, you know, labeled round four, but technically only round three for Supersport, excluding the Daytona 200, I'd be absolutely stoked. So it's been really good. There's definitely been some tough moments, of course, but that's all part of racing. And not only myself, but the whole team um, have learned from, you know, each mistake we've made or each thing that's been unfortunate hasn't gone our way. We've all learned and made progress. So I'm absolutely super, super happy with both my own progress and the team's progress as well. Obviously, it's a new team. In Atlanta, we started off with an eighth. I haven't really said this to anyone really, but I was really, really sick that weekend. I had um, COVID actually, which I didn't know about until after when I was in, when I was in London. So to be able to get an eighth and a seventh in the first round 
physically struggling as much as I did. Like I nearly fell off the motorcycle under brakes off the back straight numerous times. So to be able to finish in eighth and seventh for me was an accomplishment on its own, let alone against the people I was against. First weekend of Moto America, obviously excluding the 200. I was super, super happy with that. Then we went to the Virginia and I was a little bit jet lagged because I'd spent all my time in London trying to get a visa so I could stay here and continue to race. Nonetheless, you know, still had a great weekend. We improved every single session, almost a top five in that first race. And in the second one, we were on for another really good result until I threw it down, you know, trying to keep improving, which again is all part of it. But we made a big step as well in that second race in Virginia. So going into Road America, I was super, super excited and confident and just eager to get on track. And I think both myself and the whole team, it was going to be a really good weekend. And uh, man, I was so close to the podium in that first race. I was... I was so determined. I'd, I'd sat in either third or fourth the whole race. I'd never gone further back off the, after the first corner. So to be in you know, third and fourth the whole race and just get pit for the podium by uh, Rocco Landers was a little bit, or I don't want to say disappointing because obviously I was so happy with you know, the way I rode, the way the team had set up the bike and you know, the way that we were all working together. But to not be able to reward both myself and them with the podium, I was... I was out for, I don't want to say revenge, but I was definitely out to prove something in that second race. And I definitely didn't think I was a wet rider either. Um, and then in that second race, you know, we managed to score my first podium in Moto America. Um, I feel like I rode really well in that race too. The best I've ever ridden in the wet by far. And, uh, you know, to beat the likes of Josh Heron. And I mean, I know Tyler Scott crashed, but we were in front when he crashed. And uh, the likes of just all the championship contenders of people that I've been following for a couple of years and, you know, wishing to be able to race against them and all that and to be able to beat all of them was absolutely astonishing for both myself and the team. Yeah, we were all absolutely so proud and excited and happy and just jubilated with joy and it was just awesome. And then, yeah, obviously this last weekend didn't exactly go to plan. We had a slight electronical issue on the new 750 in Q2, which, you know, shortened our track time. And then in race one, a bit like a dog with a bone, I was chasing the bone, which was the podium fight. Just made a silly little mistake on lap four, uh, which had a big consequence. You know, I mean, I barrel through the gravel trap at 100 odd mile an hour and I wasn't too bad I mean I was obviously pretty sore as you can imagine but the bike was pretty banged up so just to be able to race in race two on Saturday was absolutely astonishing really I mean the team did a great job of fixing the bike getting just something put together so I'm super super grateful for all the hard work that those guys have put in obviously every single weekend at the track behind the scenes but especially you know after race one, you know, working until 2 a.m., trying to get me up, just trying to put something together. And we were quite fortunate with some stuff that happened on track in race two, but to be able to get a top five was a really good damage limitation in terms of championship and, you know, just our weekend. So I know it's not exactly what I wanted, not what the team wanted, but um, it's probably the best scenario that could have happened after race one, considering all the circumstances. But uh, yeah, that's, that's more or less the round of our season so far. <laughs> That's the way to keep your head about you and stay focused on the racing. And you did a great job of it with that fifth place finish. And you're running with fast company. I agree with you 100%. Josh Aaron, Rocco Landers, young rider Tyler Scott, and Sam Lockoff. It's just stacked with talent in that super sport class. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely one of the most one of the most competitive seasons of Moto America, but for sure one of the most hardest championships I've ever ridden at. I mean, not only are these guys some of the fastest races in the entire world, let alone America, obviously, like the entire world. I also have to go learn the track, try and set up a bike. You know, we have no notes, obviously, because it's a new team and I've never been to these tracks before. So 
I really enjoy, you know, going to every track and just trying to put pieces of the puzzle together. And I think the team do as well. You know, we all work our butts off every single session. Like, you know, there's not one time between, you know, days in advance until, you know, Sunday night where we're not putting in 110% effort every single second of the day. You know, I mean, I, I start my preparation for the race meets long before, you know, we even get to the track. Likewise with the team, you know, making sure that the bikes are as dialed as they can be. Just thinking, like, there's been times at night where both myself and the team manager have called each other the following morning and been like, man, I couldn't sleep last night. We were just, I was just thinking of, you know, every little thing I could do to try and, you know, help improve. And, you know, my team manager's like, yeah, same dude. Like, you know, this is going to be a great weekend. And then stuff starts to finally piece together and we finally have, there's, there's been some unlucky stuff. So just to have a weekend that goes our way, like Road America did, was, you know, so relieving and, just really emotional for everyone involved. You know, I mean, it was just a, you know, we made a lot of progress into that weekend and it was a really great way for us to carry. It was, it was a great place for us to carry progress from as well. You know, I mean, obviously last week we didn't exactly go to plan, but I feel like, you know, the following weekends after now, we can only get better. You know, I mean, every weekend's the same when we haven't been to the tracks, but at the same time, every weekend, both myself and the team are gaining valuable knowledge, experience, racecraft for myself, um, you know, just every little thing. And yeah, as I said, I'm super excited for the rest of the season just to see the snowball effect of all the progress that we're making. So as you said, Luke, you're, you're new to the Moto America Series, having come over from Australia where you finished sixth in the uh, Australian Supersport Championship. So how did the uh, the signing come about with 3D Motorsports for you to come over and, and race the Moto America series? So kind of a funny story, actually. I um I always wanted to race overseas, obviously, as every young, ambitious racer like myself does. And I'm very close with another rider who's racing the 3D Motorsports team, Joseph Marinello. He signed with the 3D Motorsports team in about September. I mean, that was, you know, when... Victoria, the state I live in, I lived in in Australia, was in lockdown due to COVID. We'd been locked down for almost two years straight. So I was absolutely just sick of doing online school at home, being locked up in a house, only being able to go out to train. I mean, obviously, that was a great excuse for me to go and train, but I hated being locked inside. And I was just sick of it. So I was talking to Joe and he put me in contact with the team manager, Dustin Dominguez. Everything seemed to piece together pretty easily. We got along really well. And the contract was signed less than a month later. So we had a contract signed by October. And then it was just, you know, trying to get visas sorted and everything, you know, ready for the season. Yeah, it seems like logistically, I'm sure there's a lot to it. That's for sure. I'm curious to know, especially when riders come from other countries to like a US-based series, you know, what's it been like for you racing Moto America? And, you know, have you been impressed with the series and its, you know, professionalism and, and, and the tracks? Obviously, the Moto America tracks are very different. A lot of tracks around the world, as you know, every country has you know slightly different consistencies in their tracks. So America is obviously you know no different. They have differences in their consistencies of the tracks and stuff. So that's something I've had to get used to. But you know, as a racer, it's what you got to do. It's my job. So I've really enjoyed you know figuring out everything. I mean. No track's the same no matter what, but sometimes you can sort of relate one corner on one track to another corner on another track, use that as help sometimes. Um, obviously, yeah, the tracks are different, but again, 
everyone's riding on the same track. Some people have notes, some people don't. Some people have experience, some people don't. At the end of the day, we're all there to race and cross the finish line at first. So for me, it's I don't think of it as a disadvantage, really. I just think of it as, you know, I'm going to race, I'm going to do my best. All of us are human that are racing. There's no reason I can't do the exact same thing those guys are doing in front of me. You know? We're only twisting our hand and pulling in the brake lever, you know. So at the end of the day, I just got to, you know, figure out how I can do that but better. So, uh, and in terms of the professionalism of uh, the Moto America series, for sure, they're, they're very, very professional, you know. I mean, it shows in the reach that they get around the world, you know, the amount of fans that they have, the amount of people that come, the amount of races and international talent they have. I mean, a lot of the reason why I came as well, you know, I can see the professionalism in Moto America. They run their series very, very well. I mean, I'm sure, as you saw on the weekend, there were many red flags that happened just due to crashes and injuries and et cetera that happened. Uh, and they handled it very, very well. You know, I mean, every race got finished in the end, you know, whether it be, you know, delayed till a later time or cut short. But, you know, it's not like they just called the race, no points or anything, or, you know, didn't ha- just didn't have time. Like they structured their event very, very well and worked around the issues that were presented to them. So I'm very happy to be a part of their series this year. And I, I'm really enjoying my time there. You know, I, I can't express how grateful I am to, to the 3D Motorsports team for giving me this opportunity, along with Moto America as well. They they were very helpful in getting, you know, visas to allow me to stay here and race in their championships. So, um, yeah, super, super grateful to be able to be a part of this uh, really great series. And as a racer, I love to race. It's my passion. It's my dream to, you know, one day race a MotoGP. So um, I'm really enjoying, you know, living away from home, getting to travel around the country, you know, going to new tracks, part of this awesome series and figure out stuff about, you know, my own riding, about the bike I'm riding, about the tracks I'm riding, the people I'm racing against. Yeah, I'm, I'm having an absolutely great time. I'm super happy to be a part of everything that's going on. So Luke, speaking of the bike you're riding, you're one of the riders that's chosen to ride the 750 Suzuki in the Supersport class. And then there's a few other riders like Tyler. What's that like? Is it, what's what's the difference in feel for the bike for you as compared to say the 600, which is you know many of the other riders around? The main difference between the 750 is the engine. I mean, the the chassis is the exact same. The 750 is detuned slightly. You know, they've restricted the power output to 85 percent. Around 85%, but it's still, you know, obviously a great bike. I think the, one of the big reasons why the team and I decided to do it was because it was a lot more viable in terms of if you have a 600, you can make engine modifications, but you know, you have to replace the engine every couple of rounds because it's not a hand grenade engine per se, but it's more so to that effect than a stock 750 that's detuned. You know, that that's going to be a lot more reliable, which is definitely what you want when. Obviously, I'm a long way from Josh Heron, and after this weekend, I'm still a, I'm a fair way from Scott uh, and Landers. But at the same time, you know, if you want to be able to finish high up in the championship, you have to finish races consistently, which I have to end out of two races already this season, which is unfortunate, but none due to the bike's fault. So to be on a 750 in terms of it being very reliable in the championship is really important to both myself and the team because it. No rider ever likes the, uh, having a DNF due to a mechanical issue. So for us, it was a very simple choice, along with the fact that, you know, it is a very good bike. You know, the Suzuki is a great bike. I'm sure everyone knows, you know, Sean Dylan Kelly won on it last year. He's been competitive on it. So is the likes of Bobby Fong. So 
the Suzuki is definitely a good bike, especially in Moto America spec, and it, it just made sense to go to a 750. It, it wasn't really a, a thing we had to think long and hard about, to be honest. So I, I'm still um, very, very happy with the decision we made. I, I don't think we'd be where we are if we were on a different bike, to be honest. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. So uh, it definitely makes uh, put some reliability in the program, which is reassuring to the team and the rider and fully understand that. Now, I wanted to ask you about yourself a little bit uh, in these last few moments. Uh, what do you do since you're you're away from home? What do you do for hobbies and fun outside of racing uh, when you have some time uh, when you're not training or uh, or practicing or, or anything else related to racing? So I'm living with my team manager, Dustin Dominguez. He's he and his family are very generously taking me under their wing and are letting me live with them in Blanchard, Oklahoma. So when I'm not training, you know, and preparing for racing, I'm, you know, hanging out with them, talking about random stuff, having laughs. So I, I love to, you know, do a little bit of fishing every now and then. I really enjoy my training, to be honest with you. I mean, that's 95% of the time what I think about. You know, as a racer, I always want to improve. So training for me is very, very important. But, you know, I like, I don't necessarily like a lot of other things, but, you know, I like to do a little bit of fishing. I like to just even just go for a drive in my car sometimes, just go for a little drive, go for a walk, enjoy the scenery around Oklahoma, just the little things. Yeah, sometimes, you know, play on my Xbox and do the tracks that I'm going to be racing at or, you know, just little stuff like that I like to enjoy, especially at the minute. You know, I mean, obviously, I spend a lot of time on the phone talking to my family at certain hours of the day because of the time difference. So um, I'm very, actually, I'm very lucky at the minute because my family are with me right now for the Ridge and Laguna. So um, I'm spending a lot of time with them right now. We're actually in Florida at the minute. So I've been spending a lot of time with them, but usually I'll be talking to them, you know, early morning, late at night, and then in between then training and just trying to do little stuff to keep me occupied and have fun. But uh, it's really, it's not that hard to be me, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm just a 17-year-old kid living the dream. I'm very, very lucky to have this opportunity. I know a lot of people don't get to walking around the street, you know, looking at other 17-year-olds that are, you know, working an everyday job like other people or going to school. You know, I'm I'm very, very lucky to have this opportunity and super, super grateful. You know, my parents have put a lot into myself and the sport that I'm trying to pursue. And so is the team. They've given me an absolutely awesome opportunity. So, I mean, to be me, it's absolutely awesome. I'm a kid living away from home, you know, traveling a country that he's never been to before. You know, I don't have a lot of responsibilities, to be perfectly honest with you. Just... You know, keeping fit, keeping up with my training, making sure I'm 100% ready for every single race. But otherwise, it's just me living life, having fun, enjoying every moment, making the most of my experiences over here and just enjoying my time over here. And we really look forward to watching you race the rest of the season, Luke. It's been a pleasure to have you on our show today. And we want to take these last few moments. If uh, there's any sponsors or people helping you along the way that you want to give a shout out to, and also where we can find out about you on social media where uh, people can look you up. Yeah, of course. You know, sponsors are the reason why I'm here. You know, I mean, my parents obviously do a lot for me to be able to be here and race and live over here. But um, of course, sponsors are a major part of that. You know, Motorcycling Australia are helping me out big time. LS2 Helmets, unfortunately, I've had a lot of crashes this year. So LS2 Helmets, along with Forest Others and Foosball Boots, have you know, unfortunately been had to throw a lot of product at me, which I'm super, super grateful for. You know, I mean, it, as a rider, it makes a huge difference being comfortable, knowing that the protective equipment you're using is going to protect you. So I'm super, super grateful for their support, along with, you know, Pedal Mafia helped me out with my training, Earmold Australia with earplugs, 
the Grinning Dingo, 64 Degree Racing, Michael Hill, my manager, everyone that helps out, it's massively appreciated. Just every single person, even the fans back at home that are sending me messages, even on you know weekends where I don't have a great result or something goes wrong that we can't control or something goes wrong that we can control. You know, just the support that I receive over here is absolutely phenomenal. So a huge shout out to everyone that supports me and sends messages. It means a lot. It makes it's not exactly easy being away from you know the family that you've had for 17 years of your life. So it definitely makes it a lot easier when you have a lot of support from people via messages or in person. So a huge shout out to everyone that's supporting me. I really appreciate that. And in terms of uh, social media, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram under Loop Power Racing. I post a lot of race updates and race reports and sponsorship announcements, everything to do with my racing and even you know life outside of racing on those. So that's one way to keep up to date, along with my website, Loop Power Racing as well. <laughs> everything to do with me, my racing, my career, sponsorships, everything like that is up on all, all of those. So yeah, that would be really great if anyone wants to follow my journey and trips around the US racing. Awesome, Luke. Thanks for spending time with us today, man. We appreciate you coming on Pit Pass Moto. No worries. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope you guys have a great afternoon. Thanks again to our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. If you have a moment, please rate and review our show. We'd really appreciate it. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit pitpassmoto.com, where you can check out our blog and our brand new store where you can get your very own Pit Pass Moto swag. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Halverson, producer Leah Haslidge, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. I'm Dave Sulecki. I'm Dale Spangler. See you next week on Pit Pass Moto. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.